Ah, good morning and uh, welcome to a Thursday morning, April the 13th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, and I'm here with our regular Tuesday morning guest. Yes, he's a little late. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a good excuse, though. Uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson is with us this morning. We're blessed to have him late or not. Uh, and uh, we're, we're always thrilled to, to get together with our good friend and, and Bible scholar and pastor and, and uh, critically acclaimed author, J.B. Hickson. And uh, he's been on the road for a while. We're going to let him kind of fill us in on some of the details uh, of what he's been up to. Um, but we've got great subject matter for you uh, today. Um, and I, I don't want to give it totally away, but um, we're going to be talking about the resurrection of Christ today. And I'm going to let JB go ahead and give us the title and, and, uh, and all that in just a second. But before we do that, JB, welcome back. It's good to see you again. I know you have been as busy as a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. You'll hear <laughs> the analogy there, but but I know you have been. Uh, you you were just in Idaho recently, correct? We were, we were, man. It's so great to be back with you. I can't tell you how much I look forward to these conversations, mostly because of your incredible metaphors, like the one you just used. Uh, thank, you, uh, thank you. I, I do try. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's great to be with you, and it is has been busy. You know, we did have another trip recently, and that's always. Uh, a wonderful uh, opportunity to proclaim the Word of God. We spoke four times up in, Can in uh, Candlelight uh, Fellowship there in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and then uh, hit the ground running when we came back because it was Resurrection Sunday last week, yeah. and I had a wonderful uh, day there at uh, Plum Creek Chapel, record attendance, and uh, just the, the Word of God went forth. And then uh, this week's my first week back, and we've had, uh, now counting this one, five podcasts and interviews this week. Wow. So want to encourage folks to always check out notbyworks.org, and you can click on the podcast button, and it'll list our most recent podcasts. Or, of course, you can go to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast uh, on Apple or Spotify or Amazon or you name it, and search for the Not By Works Ministries uh, channel. But uh, yeah, some really powerful stuff this week, Curtis. And um, we talked on Monday about AI and uh, where it's headed and why it should concern you. On a Tuesday night, I talked at Prophecy Night about uh, Romans 13 and gave a, a detailed, comprehensive treatment of that passage and, and what it really teaches and how it has been misused and abused uh, really for centuries uh, yeah. by the church. And then on Wednesday, yesterday, uh, I had a wonderful podcast with uh, a couple of folks from Wisconsin. Uh, we talked about uh, the New World Order and diving deep down the rabbit hole with that. Yeah. And then uh, and then we had our weekly world events update with Randy uh, yesterday, which uh, is already off the charts. People look forward to that every week. And so the, there's some pretty heavy stuff this week. And so as I was talking with you uh, before the podcast of this week and then just thinking about it in anticipation of Christian Underground News Network, I thought, you know what? We need just some encouragement from the Word. Amen? Oh, yeah. Amen yeah, yeah, to that. And we just celebrated the resurrection of our Lord. And, you know, sometimes it seems like, at least to me, and, and maybe I'm kind of a weak brother on this on this thing sometimes, and, and people have a stronger faith than I do, but I, it just seems like with uh, celebrations like Easter, we 
we get geared up, especially as a pastor, we preach the word of God, and then we kind of have a letdown, and it's just sort of like a one and done, it's behind us, we celebrated it, and we get right back into our daily routine, and we we just don't really give the significance of the resurrection its due. And so to, today, for our time with Christian Underground News Network, I, I want to just talk about, does the resurrection still matter? Um you know, it mattered on Sunday, right? Uh, and we yeah. all celebrated it. Of course, it mattered 2,000 years ago uh, yes. when it happened. Uh, but does it matter on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and today's Thursday? Um, and so uh, I just I have uh, eight uh, biblical passages that I think really um, give practical application to the ongoing significance of the resurrection or, you know, the results of the resurrection, and I hope these will, you know, encourage uh, folks. Um, I know they encouraged me. And again, you know, there's so much going on in this world, brother, and and we need to be aware of it, and we need to understand it and interpret it through the lens of Scripture, of course. So most of my time is spent writing, speaking, and talking about. Uh, the Luciferian agenda and the spiritual battle that's going on the closer we get to the return of the Lord. But today I just want to, I'm still going to talk about some of that, but I want to just take a step back and just remember the blessings we have in Christ and and especially uh, in light of uh, the resurrection of our Lord. So, uh, you know, does the resurrection still matter? Absolutely it does. And here are, yeah, here are several reasons why. First of all, the resurrection, and this obviously is goes without saying, but we need to say it, and that is it guarantees our justification. It guarantees our salvation. It yes. is the reason that you and I, Curtis, have been rescued from the penalty of sin, yeah. as has every believer, everyone who puts their faith in Christ, and yeah. we, we absolutely don't have to worry about the eternal punishment of God in a literal place of torment called hell. And by the way, if anybody does end up uh, in hell, they have nobody to blame but themselves. They can't shake their fist at God and say, why did you send me to hell? Because God doesn't send anyone to hell. Nope. Uh, he is doing everything he can to rescue us from hell, and that's what the resurrection is all about. And uh, he's offered freely to all the gift of eternal life, and anyone who simply believes in Jesus— and as the only one who can forgive sin and pay their personal penalty, their personal sin debt on their behalf, they accept his provision, accept his offer of eternal life, then they don't have to face a punishment. Um, right. And so, you know, we're thankful uh, that, you know, we're saved. And I hope anybody listening to this uh, podcast today, if you've not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, or if you're trusting in something else, you know, the devil has been trying to uh, marginalize and compromise and obliterate, really, the gospel uh, yeah. ever since the resurrection. Um, really? It was, as I'm going to talk about in a moment, it was the defining moment in his battle with Christ that ultimately was the fatal blow. And so ever since then, he's done everything he can to blind men's hearts to the gospel, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And so he twists it, he perverts it, as Paul tells us in Galatians. He tries to convince people that they can somehow gain heaven based on their own merits. Uh, they can be good enough, work hard enough, do more, um, 
they can be moral enough. They think they can get to heaven because of their church affiliation or their religious heritage or because they say mass or they you know go to a confessional booth or because they're a nice person or they don't commit any of the really big sins as if God's okay with the little ones you know uh and so you know they, they there's so many false understandings of the gospel out there in fact recently you know I heard someone on a uh, radio interview uh just emphatically talking about how if you want to go to heaven, it's got to cost you something that you know you can't you can't just accept it for free. You've got to bring something to the table that somehow you know you've you know you've got to. Um, how did this person say it? It was a lady being interviewed, and she said something about um, Christians today think that. Uh, it doesn't cost them anything and we're spoiled and we need to recognize it does cost you something. You got to lay down your life. You got to surrender your life. You've got to be willing to die if you want to go to heaven. And that is just simply not true. All of those things that she was talking about are factors of discipleship in the Christian life. Once you get saved, of course you ought to lay down your life every day and live a sacrificial life. That's what Paul says in Romans 12. Every day we ought to wake up as Christians and surrender our lives to the Lord and and do battle in this spiritual battle. But you do not get saved by doing that. No, that's right. We don't have anything to offer. You know, we're dead in our trespasses and sins, and salvation is not a two-way contract. It's not a bilateral agreement where we promise to, you know, pay whatever cost, and then God in exchange says, okay, you'll I'll save you. And so I just, I wanted to jump through the radio, um, and by radio, I mean phone, <laughs> right? We, nobody listens to the radio anymore. We all listen to, you know, Spotify or something, but... Uh, I just was just filled with angst because, sadly, that kind of message really resonates with people. Um, yeah, it, it does, uh, the, the, but that's only because they don't want to relinquish uh, power. Yeah, all power. To, to no, it, it's pride. Yeah, they think their pride is so strong, and our pride is so strong that we think we can get. You know, we, we can't imagine getting something as valuable as eternal life for nothing. We, we've we got to do something. Right. Surely I can handle this. And so when you have someone like this lady talking about how, man, if you want to get to heaven, you got to pay the cost. Uh, you know, people are like, okay, I'm motivated. I'm going to get out there and do it. It's like a pep talk before a big game, you know. And, yeah. uh, and what you need to understand is that the method of salvation in Scripture is nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling. Right. And Jesus really did pay it all. In fact, Romans, going back to this first uh, benefit or result of the resurrection, that it guarantees our justification, Paul says in Romans 4, now it was written, and he's talking here about, he had just described how Abraham believed God and was justified by faith. Uh, it was written uh, not for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be, that's, that is the righteousness of God, shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now listen to this last verse. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. I mean, there it is. I mean, if Jesus Christ was still in the tomb, we could not have the righteousness of God because he wouldn't be alive to give it to us. He had to purchase it with his own blood. He had to purchase it and pay for it and pay the price on our behalf, paying a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we could never pay. But then he also had to defeat it 
so that as a living Savior, he could turn around and offer it freely uh, to us. And, and that's what Paul says in chapter 3 of Romans, by the way. He says, uh, chapter 3, verse 24, mm-hmm. uh, he says, Christ has been set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate uh, oh, that's verse 25. Let me pick up verse 24. Yeah, he says, we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Notice that word freely. You know, we I took that verse and made that the title of one of my books years ago, and the book, of course, is called Freely by His Grace. It's a, a large book, a compendium of articles. I had 14 contributors. I was privileged to work with the late Roy Zook as the editor, and I wrote two chapters in it. But we chose that title, Freely by His Grace, based on this verse. And, you know, Curtis, if, if as this one lady was saying, you've got to bring something to the table, you've got to give up something or give something to the Lord or promise to do something or pledge to do something, mm-hmm. it's not free. No. It's, it's simply not free. That's right. Uh, you know, and so the, the, the benefit of the resurrection, and, and again, we're spending some time on this because it's kind of the foundation and, and what we probably all across America talked about on Sunday, is that because Christ rose from the dead, we can then receive from him his imputed righteousness that he offers freely uh, to all. And, you know, you go back to uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and here is where he, Paul, explicitly makes the point uh, that we're making here this morning. And, And he says this, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith also is empty. See, faith in a powerless object is no faith at all. I mean, I can believe all day long that, you know, my dog is going to instantly turn into a pot of gold, and I can sit out in my lawn chair in my backyard, and I can watch my dog Juno running around, and I can just believe with all my heart that at any moment she's going to just keel over and suddenly appear as a pot of gold worth millions of dollars. And it's never going to happen. That's an empty faith because it's, it's, it's a powerless faith. So if Christ is dead and we're trusting in a dead guy to save us, that's powerless. That's empty. And Paul says, because Christ is risen, we can be justified. He goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. See, you know, what people need to understand is that apart from Christ, you are a child of wrath. You are still in sin. Uh, Listen to how Jesus puts it in uh, John 8, I think it's John 8, 24. He says, therefore, I said to you, that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. So apart from faith in a risen Savior, people will die, and they are still a child of wrath. They're still uh, in their sin. Uh, In John 3, I think it's 3, uh, 36, Jesus says, or uh, uh, John the Baptist says, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on, on him. him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he says, "He who this is Jesus again now, he who believes in him is not condemned, 
but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So uh, I know people may get tired of hearing me say this over and over again, because I've said it for 30 years now, you know, the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel is our passion, but more than 160 times the New Testament conditions eternal life on faith alone in Christ alone. That's so it. if Christ is not risen, we cannot be guaranteed eternal life. Right. But because he rose, if we receive from him freely by his grace the, the free gift, then we can uh, we can be saved. Yeah. So, but there are several ongoing benefits then that I think the Bible spells out that are kind of interesting that we might not always connect with uh, the resurrection of our Lord. Uh, and the first one uh, that I want to focus on, just because, again, this is uh, my driving passion right now, this, the Luciferian conspiracy and seeing how things are unraveling before our eyes, and, of course, the Spirit of the Antichrist books that I just wrote. But, you know, I was reminded of Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 14. And listen to what the writer says. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, talking about Jesus, likewise shared in the same, this is his incarnation, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. So Jesus Christ, if he was dead, he would not be able to destroy the devil. In fact, if he had remained in the tomb, the devil would have won the victory. And yep. because Christ uh, rose from the dead, defeating Satan, he can one day, as we read about in Revelation chapter 20, cast the devil into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will all be tormented day and night forever and ever. Yeah. So the, the reason the resurrection still matters is that it forever seals the doom of Satan. Amen. Because Christ is risen, Satan is defeated, but he just, you know, he hasn't acknowledged it yet. And God in his timetable, because he's so gracious and patient and doesn't want anyone to perish, he's giving more and more time for people to come to faith. But at one point in the future, Christ is going to say, enough's enough. God's going to send Christ to the earth, and uh, the, the end times plan will unfold. But the resurrection still matters because... Uh, you know, it forever defeats the devil and, and seals uh, his doom. It also matters, and Paul talked about this in his sermon at Mars Hill, if you remember that. Uh, yeah. He was preaching to those philosophers there, and he says in Acts chapter 17, uh, verse uh, 30, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Remember, repent just means change your mind. Sadly, uh, going along with what I was talking about earlier that that radio uh, speaker said, uh, a lot of people think that they can get to heaven because they change their behavior. Uh, if I just change my ways, if I just turn from my wicked ways, if I forsake all my sins, God will smile on me and I'll get into heaven. But that's not what repent means when it comes to salvation. Right. Repent simply means a change of mind. It's a Greek word, metanoeo, compound word, meta, again, noeo, to think or I think. And it means I think again. I've rethought this. And people need to rethink what what they're putting their faith in to get them to heaven. And they, it, only, it only will make a difference if they trust in Christ alone. That's so right. again, the verse says, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness 
by the man whom he has ordained, talking about Christ, man there is capitalized in the New King James. But notice this last part. Paul says, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So the resurrection still matters because it warns sinners, unbelievers, of the coming judgment day. And God, in fact, assured us of that. And, you know, every time Paul preaches in the book of Acts, he makes reference to the resurrection. I mean, it mattered to him. It, 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 I mean, it, when he re- met Jesus on the road to Damascus after killing Christians and dragging them from their homes and mo- mocking and ridiculing Christ and thinking that he had been instrumental, uh, in essence, in leading to the death of Christ because the Jewish leaders rejected him, and Paul was— uh, most scholars believe, and I believe, was a member of the Sanhedrin um, because he had cast his votes, it says at one point. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, Paul had been instrumental in that. So when he met Jesus alive, (laughs) face to face, it rocked his world. So every chance he got, he was reminding people in his sermons about the resurrection. And uh, I believe we need more preachers today to preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's for sure. um, so the the resurrection still matters because you know it, it, someday God has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness through Christ when He comes back, and then Paul says He has given assurance of this to all by raising Jesus from the dead. So we've got you know the resurrection still matters because it guarantees our eternal salvation. It forever seals the fate of Satan. It warns unbelievers of the coming judgment day, but it also for uh, you know for us that know the Lord, Christ's resurrection guarantees our own future resurrection. Yeah, it guarantees our own future resurrection. That's Going right. back to Paul's letters to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians four verse fourteen, Paul says, "Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus." and will present us uh, faultless, or present us with you, present us with you. So, I mean, you know, if Christ is not risen, then we can't be risen. There is no resurrection. And he was the first fruits, and now we know that our future resurrection, and what do we mean by that? We're talking about our physical bodies. So, you know, the, the mankind has two parts, the material and the immaterial. Our immaterial part is what is redeemed by faith alone in Christ alone. When we die, we go immediately to be in heaven with the Father. Uh, Paul says uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, But what about our bodies? Uh, You know, uh, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom someday. So we have to have a glorified body, a new body. And it's this body, like Christ, will be resurrected. At the rapture, the dead in Christ will rise first, Uh, If you are alive already at the rapture and have never experienced death, then you will be translated immediately in the twinkling of an eye, 1 Corinthians 15. And in that moment, we all receive our glorified bodies. But it is the the resurrection of our Lord that guarantees our future resurrection. It guarantees that this body filled with pain and and aches and, uh, you know, falling apart and, 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 you know, deteriorating will someday be good as new. It will be glorified and perfect. No pain, no cancer, no heartache, no broken bones. We will be glorified. And that's only true because Christ defeated death when he rose uh, from the dead. So the last enemy to be defeated is death. We don't have to fear death anymore. 
for the believer, death is just the golden key that unlocks the riches of eternity. And so we don't have to fear death. It's no longer our enemy. Amen. So he said, the resurrection still matters because it guarantees our justification. It forever seals the doom of Satan. It warns believers of the coming judgment day, and it guarantees our own resurrection. But then as believers, it also guarantees that we will have present-day power and strength. Listen to the way Paul so beautifully puts this in his letter to the Ephesians. For context, I'm going to pick it up in verse 15, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and here's the key, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. Yes. So uh, He is far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And so I talked about this Sunday in our Resurrection Sunday message about Christ, how Christ is at the right hand of the throne of God. We looked at Psalm 110, and that's the throne in waiting. And, uh, you know, I speculated that from a human perspective, Christ must be on the edge of his seat, just chomping at the bit to come back down here and judge all of this evil and the Satan's co-conspirators and to just, you know, put all things under him uh, someday. Um, but right now he's seated at the right hand in the heavenly places. He's he's more powerful than every principality and might and power and dominion. But notice that Paul says this is all because of the mighty power of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Right. See, if Jesus was still in the grave, he wouldn't be sitting at the right hand of God. That's right. Waiting to come back and inaugurate the kingdom. So the reality of this is because of Christ's resurrection, we can still have access to that same uh, power. Do you remember what Paul said? I'm looking it up here. I think it was in Philippians 3. Um, in Philippians 3, verse uh, uh, 10, I think it is, when he says, um, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. See, we can we can know that same resurrection power. And, and what does that look like? I mean, that's not just empty, you know, sermonic rhetoric here. We're talking about when we face trials of life, when we face struggles, when we face impossible situations, mm -hmm. we just simply remind ourselves the same God who raised Jesus from the dead can accomplish his perfect will in our lives as well. There's nothing yeah. too hard for God. I mean, That's the right. resurrection still matters today because it is the quintessential example of power. And, you know, Satan's pretty powerful. I mean, let's be honest. Boy, you oh, know, yeah. that podcast I did uh, with Shane about AI and uh, and what they're doing with, you know, artificial intelligence. My goodness, you begin to think Satan is just the demonic powers there are, are you know, just hard to fathom. But mm -hmm. they pale in comparison That's to right. the power of Almighty God. Uh, that's what Almighty means. He is omnipotent. And he that power, uh, it took nothing for God to raise Christ from the dead. 
wasn't like he even had to try hard with a word. You know, in the same way that that the resurrection of Lazarus prefigured the resurrection of Jesus a couple of days, a few days earlier, you know, God says, "Come forth," but done. He's here. He's standing there, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And and you know, I think that's one of the reasons that David tells us in Psalm two that God laughs because you know the the Luciferians are so struggling so hard to usher in this one world system. They're doing everything they can, and it's setback after setback, and internal fighting after internal fighting, and competing agendas, and. Satan just looks like a, like the coach of the bad news bears up there. God just, you know, God just sits back and laughs, uh, and 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 all you know to to do the most powerful thing in the world, which was to raise Jesus from the dead after he paid our penalty for sin. He just said with a word, "Come on, let's go. Yeah, let's get ready for the next phase." And yep. uh, and that phase is right now in this present church age, where, as I said, his resurrection gives us power. And we we should pray, as Paul did, that we would have that resurrection power. You know, here's Paul, you know, mighty man of God. This is one of his prison epistles. Uh, we're dealing in the early 60s AD. And he's saying, you know, I don't consider myself to have attained it all. I, I can still grow. And I want to grow in my understanding and knowledge of God. That's what he says, that I may know him experientially. And I want to know the power of that resurrection. You know, Curtis, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like e- even throughout our entire lifetime, no matter how close we get to the Lord, we're never going to fully understand His power and all that, all the blessings that are ours in Him. Yeah. Um, oh, he's given us, you know, very great and precious promises in His Word. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness, and we embrace that. We study it. We grow in our faith. But really, until we see him face to face someday, you know, I don't know that we can ever, like Paul said, fully know uh, yeah. the power of his resurrection. That's right. So just a couple of more here uh, that are more theological in nature. And and again, I'm, I'm trying to show here that, you know, we all celebrated the resurrection on Sunday, and we do it in somewhat of a theological way. It's kind of a, this is a doctrinal statement. This is a standard of orthodoxy. This is what we should believe. And then we sort of check it off our list and move on. But the resurrection of our Lord has very practical daily benefits and results in the life of the believer. And that's why it still matters um, today. And, and and one of those things is it marks the beginning of Christ's headship over the church. The resurrection, you know, began, you know, the, the Christ's headship and lordship over the, uh, over the church. We just read in Ephesians 1, and, and I kind of commented on how he's sitting at the right hand of God. But, you know, in that role as our intercessor, our advocate, he is our high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, like uh, the writer of Hebrews says, and I talked about that Sunday as well from Psalm 110. And, you know, he is our Lord. And, you know, I think sometimes the church um, gets distracted by so many things, especially after 2,000 years, we forget who the head of the church is. And uh, Paul makes that very clear in his writings, that Christ is the head uh, of the church. Um I can't. Rem- I can't uh, uh, always come back to the uh, tra- Mount of Transfiguration, and when Jesus was uh, kind of giving a prefigurement of the kingdom to come, and Peter, James, and John went with him up there. And of course, Peter thought this was wonderful because Moses and Elijah appeared, and he thought, you know, here we've got all the key elements of the coming kingdom. Let's just build some tents and usher in the kingdom yeah. right now, yeah. Lord. Yeah. 
you know, Peter was like, you know, didn't really care about the other nine disciples at the bottom of the hill. He's just like, forget about them. Let's do it right now. Kingdom come, you know, and yeah. God interrupted him there, remember, and right. he says, uh, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's the second time that God said that. Uh, the first time was at the baptism of Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, God's words add one you know, one more little phrase at the end. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he adds, hear him or listen to him. Yes. Then uh, Matthew tells us when they, they, they had fallen on their faces when God appeared, as is often the case, divine appearances usually are terrifying and cause us to just fall in humility before God. But when God finished speaking, uh, they, they, they rose up and Matthew tells us when they rose up, they saw no one but Jesus only. Yeah. No one but Jesus only. Moses and Elijah had disappeared. And I think what you know what what Jesus was, because remember, he brought them up there. He said, Come with me. So this was for their benefit. I think what he was trying to show these early church leaders, uh, the ones who would become the early church leaders, Peter, of course, pre preaching the famous sermon on the day of Pentecost that founded the church. Uh, I think he was trying to show them that Jesus is preeminent, that nothing else yeah. matters. And, you know, of course, he's teaching that before he went to the cross, but he was about to go to the cross, and yeah. he, he wanted them to know when all is said and done, all, only thing that matters is Jesus. And the church, I think, has forgotten that. And yeah. one of the benefits or results, if you will, of the resurrection is that it, it marked the beginning of Christ's headship of the church. But, you know, it's also, number six, a springboard for Christ's future exaltation. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, in in um, Acts chapter 5, you know, we've got uh, uh, Peter speaking here, and he says in verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. And notice, him yeah. God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior. Yeah. So the resurrection had to happen so that Christ could be exalted uh, to the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. In Philippians, Paul said, Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So the resurrection uh, is uh, not only the beginning of the headship of Christ over his church, but the springboard for his exaltation. It was needed in order for him to be exalted. And then finally, the uh, resurrection, uh, and I saved this one for last on purpose, it emphasizes or demonstrates, we might say, the deity of Christ. It, it, it shows us just what a powerful Savior we had, we yeah. have. Uh, in Acts chapter a 10, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And, you know, he is, he is just, he is God. He is God in the flesh. He is fully God. Jesus said, I and my father are one. Yeah. And, you know, he goes on, you know, to say in, this is Peter, by the way, talking here in Acts 10 with Cornelius. He says, to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think uh, that's kind of coming full circle uh, uh, 
uh, to where we started. You know, Paul said in Romans 1, uh, he was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Because of the resurrection, it proves Jesus is God. And uh, so that's what distinguishes him from every other religious figure or leader, is that he's not just a you know statue, he's not just a prophet, uh, he he is uh, he is God in the flesh. Amen. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, you know, I, I hope that uh, if you're listening to this today, that you really recognize that your salvation comes with a lot of benefits. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's more benefits than we deserve. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah, dude. that's what grace is all about. I mean, it's not it's not only <laughs> yeah. that He rescued us from the penalty of sin, and we now have eternal life. Right. Also, we have incredible blessings, all oh, yeah. anchored in the resurrection of our Lord. So yeah, again, sure. if you've not trusted in Christ, do that today. It's a simple matter. It's not something you have to walk an aisle or sign a card or sign a contract. It's not that you have to give up something. You know, you don't have anything to give up. God wants your, you know, wants you to trust in Him. He doesn't want your filthy rags of righteousness. He wants your heart. He wants you to trust in Him. And so, come empty-handed and in simple childlike faith, you say, "Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Only You can save me through the shed blood of Your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ." And I place my faith in Him today, as the only one who can forgive sin and give the free gift of eternal life. And if you, uh, you know, express that faith today, either through a prayer or just in your own heart for the first time, shoot us an email at notbyworks. We'd love to hear that you're a new child of God in faith, and you never have to worry. The Bible says, uh, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Uh, it's settled once and for all. So, uh, Curtis, thanks for letting me uh, just share my heart about the resurrection of our Lord. And, uh, and uh, always a pleasure to be, be with you. I uh, encourage our listeners to, to always uh, check out Christian Underground News, some great content there from your other guests, and, uh, and check out notbyworks.org with all the new content that we've got posted up there. Amen. Well, thanks for sharing uh, those thoughts and those facts uh, with us today, JB. Uh, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, that, that is encouraging. And uh, well, in times like these, uh, this is a very, very timely message. We appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And, uh, our, our salvation does come with a lot of power, doesn't it? Amen. Yeah, our, our faith is, uh, is there for a reason. We have the history of Jesus Christ, a, a verifiable history. Uh, he was seen of 500 or more after, after he resurrected. It, it's, it's there, his history. Uh, our faith is not based on something meaningless. And, and what you said today is a great reminder of that. So thank Amen. you very much. Um, I want to remind our listeners also to check out notbyworks.org. Um, you can live stream a lot of JB's uh, uh, messages from his home church, Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. And uh, remind us of the times again, JB, it's Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, no, Sundays uh, at 8.30 and 10. You know, we're right. bursting at the seams, and so we have two services now. Uh, and uh, again, we've set records uh, three weeks in a row, I think it was, uh, wow. when I was there. And so 
Um, uh, so 8.30 for the early service, 10 o'clock for the late service. Uh, okay. And then Tuesday nights is our prophecy night. And that's when I teach. And we have a huge uh, amount of folks that follow that either online or in the videos or the podcast after the fact. Uh, but we do have a Wednesday night Bible study. That's an interactive, right. smaller Bible study. Uh, one of our uh, elders is, or leaders is going through that, the upper room discourse. And it's a sweet time open to anybody. It's a, you know, it's not something you you have to be at from the beginning. You can come anytime and pop in. Uh, I think there's uh, 50 15 or 20 folks that are a part of that. So uh, that's Wednesday nights at six. Tuesday nights is prophecy night at six. Sundays at 8.30 and 10. We live stream prophecy night and we live stream the 10 o'clock service on Sundays. Awesome. That's a lot of offering you're given there. A lot, a lot of opportunities to get in, in touch with your faith, learn more about uh, the word. And uh, boy, I, I, I'd be remiss in saying, uh, if you don't check this out, ladies and gentlemen, you're missing out on one of the very best teachers uh, that we have in, 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 in modern, modern day society. We, we are very blessed to have Dr. J.B. with us, Dr. J.B. Hickson with us, and we encourage you to check out Not By Works for sure. Well, you're, you're very kind, and uh, we have a, it is truly a wonderful, special church. You know, uh, we we uh, we've just seen the spirit of God move incredibly, and uh, sweet heart, sweet peer, uh, people, and uh, you know, um, I don't understand why everybody in the Denver metro area doesn't come to Plum Creek Chapel. Chapel, to be honest with you. Well, you know, the, with, with all of the upheaval and chaos going on, I think there's going to be more and more people start to realize that. Church is, is where they need to be. Yeah. <clears throat> when they do come to that realization, um, I'm more than happy to let them know right here, right now. Plum Creek Chapel will probably be the best destination for you. Amen. Get yeah. there if you need to. And and if you're not saved, you need to today. Hmm. So do it today. Don't wait. Uh, JB, thanks again. You're always a great blessing to us and our listeners. And uh, I want to remind uh, our listeners also that we will have uh, in the upcoming week or two, I think, uh, some more from Pastor Dick. And I know what he's got planned already. Oh, you don't want to miss it. It's <laughs> going to be good stuff. And then, of course, we've got uh, Lucas Doremus on Saturday nights. And uh, that'll be upcoming here in the next couple of weeks. And we're still going to be concentrating on the corruption of pre-fall foundations with Lucas. So mm. <clears throat> great stuff. Don't mm. miss any of it. Uh, and uh, by all means, if you're not saved today, make sure you uh, make sure you check out uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can give you salvation, save you from hell. It's a free gift. Take it. Amen. Take it. If you have any questions about it. Get a hold of us here at uh, Christian Underground News Network or get in touch with uh, JB uh, at notbyworks.org. And uh, uh, we, we'll uh, try to answer any questions that you may have. So we thank you for being with us today. Uh, we pray that if you're not saved, you'll do, you'll, you'll be, you'll, you'll accept Jesus Christ today. Yeah. But until then, um, this is going to have to be our sign off for the day. We look forward to being with you again in about a week or two. So tune in uh, about a week and a half, two weeks, or Pastor Dick. And uh, JB, thanks again for being with us. 
You're always a blessing to us, my brother. We look, we look forward to our next meeting. Amen. God Amen. bless you guys. Thank you. All right. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. Until about two weeks from now, we'll see you then. We love you, and may God bless and keep you.